Hello everybody, you're listening to the Q&E Podcast. You here with your boy Q Hicks right now. I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up everybody? It's been a long week. Let's get into these topics this evening. Definitely been a long week. If this is your first time listening, this is the Q&E Podcast. And the Q&E Podcast is a primarily sports podcast. But we will be breaking into sports or breaking into entertainment, movies, shows. And in the near future, we already got one on the way. With uh, Harriet, Knives Out, The Joker, all that's going to be in one review. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, but this is our basketball podcast. So we're talking about the NBA. We're talking about college basketball. What we've seen, what we like, what we don't like. So, man, let's just dive right into it. The first thing I wanted to get into is the trades, man. So if you don't know, December 15th is a big day for the NBA. December 15th is when uh, 40% of the league can now be traded. A lot of people were signed in the offseason and couldn't be traded until the December 15th deadline. So people who are getting out the rough starts or who want to get that one missing piece can now finally make their trade for the piece. And now we have some names floating around. We get we heard Kevin Love is on the trading block. We already know DeRozan isn't fitting in well with the San Antonio. Iggy is still in Memphis and a lot of people want him. So I just wanted to ask Edgar who he think getting traded first. I think out of the three that you just named, I feel like Kevin Love or Iggy would be traded first. Mm-hmm. And I say that because Iguodala is just such a dynamic player, and he can make any team better no matter who he goes to. And he's just one of those vets that you just need on the team to give yourself, uh, give yourself your starters a chance to rest and be able to manage the game all coming off of the bench. And I feel like he just provides such a great source of that. So I feel like he would definitely be somebody that a lot of teams are looking for. And Kevin Love is just Kevin Love. You know, he's a, he's a spot-up shooter. He can um, help spread the floor well. He's pretty good defensively. He's not great, but he's, he's pretty, not good at all. pretty okay. <laughs> I, I feel like he's, he's better than what people give credit for. I don't think he's mm. trash on defense. He's just not great. But offensively, he's still a dangerous weapon. So I feel like it would be either of those two. Yeah. I feel like it would be Kevin Love, too, would be the first one. But I know DeRozan would definitely be a close second because I know San Antonio. San Antonio just feels so stale, bro. They're just ready for something, man. So it's between Love or DeRozan. I know Kevin Love has really picked up his play these last couple of weeks because he knows this date coming up. In the beginning of the season, he wasn't doing nothing. But now he see December 15 rolling around. He putting up 30 and 10s again, showing what he can be. So I, I see what Kevin Love doing. He's saving his best for the end of the season. I like what I see. I like what I see. Um, Iggy is another name I brought up because Iggy is obviously in Memphis. He's not playing right now. He doesn't want to play for Memphis. He doesn't want to play for the organization. But he was somebody who was talked about being a buyout candidate. But now some teams are thinking about trading for him, like the Lakers, the Clippers. So, do you think a second-round pick would do it for Iggy to get Iggy on one of those contending teams? Uh, definitely. I feel like he Iggy isn't somebody I would give up a lot of pieces for, but I would give up one or two necessary um, big pieces, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, to, to get him. Yeah, and I brought that up because I was like, our team's going to wait because I don't know what Memphis' mentality is when it comes to Iggy. Because, like I said, he, he could have been bought out like – a couple of months ago, but they don't. They obviously Memphis wants something for him. So if you give Memphis a second, 
you know what I'm saying, maybe something goes down. And a lot of teams can use the Iggy, man. All contending teams can use the Iggy, man, because he's a 3 and D guy, man. He's going to bring it every night. And obviously, he has a championship DNA coming from the Warriors team. So I love Iggy on any organization. I would love to see him on the Clippers. I really don't want to see him on the Lakers because, I don't know, I just don't like that fit. But I'd rather see him on the Clippers. I, feel, I think that would be a good fit. And I also wanted to get into what is the best fit for K-Love. I personally feel like the best fit for K-Love would either be staying in the East by going to the Celtics or mm. going okay. West and going to the Trailblazers. And the reasons for those two teams would be uh, we, we've constantly said this already about the Celtics that a big problem for them is uh, Enos Cantor. Yeah. And I feel like Love would be able to fill that void, maybe not that much defensively, but enough offensively that they can still uh, pose a great threat and be able to get the points that they need without having to put low all on Tatum or all on uh, Brown or even Kemba to an extent. It'll be able yeah. to make them a much deeper shooting threat team. And yeah. I feel like the Celtics would be a great fit for him. And I say the Trailblazers because now that they have Melo and you got CJ, you got Melo, you got Dane. So the fact that you already got three amazing shooters right there, adding Kevin Love would just be adding icing on the cake. And I feel like it'll help them uh, get the ball off quicker because ever since they got Melo, you, if you notice when watching them, they release the ball so much quicker on offense. They, they don't hold the ball as long. So mm. I feel like Kevin Love, that, that's perfect for Kevin Love because he can he's not just a pass me the ball and I'll just shoot automatically. But if you give them like a 10, 15 seconds on the shot clock to get the ball off, he can definitely provide that. Um, I probably would ride with those two fits that you just said. I don't really see a lot of fits for Kevin Love, man. I truly don't. It's not a lot of t teams that have the cap space for him. Like Kevin Love is getting that check right now, and he ain't doing nothing. He getting about 30 mil a year. The Cavs is paying him that check. And I just don't see a lot of fits. So Portland is his hometown, so that would be a reason to go back. But Melo has been playing good as that little, uh, as the, what is it called, that stretch four. He's been playing well as a stretch four. The Celtics, I could see it, but is that too much? And I don't really think that helps them defensively on, interior, on the interior. I think more of a Steven Adams Helps the Celtics team, and I feel like he will be on the trade block as well. He's been playing pretty solid for the uh, OKC. I think Chris Paul could be somebody that we see traded. I don't know who's going to trade for him, but Chris Paul, Adams. It's a lot of people, man. A lot of people want to make that switch right now. And I was hearing Charles uh, Barkley talk about it yesterday on Inside the NBA. He was talking about how Portland could should make a trade. Not, should, not that they should make a trade for Kevin Love, but how they should shake things up, period. And I think he was implying that a CJ and Dane separation should be in order. So how do you feel about that? Do you think they're better apart and they become stale? Do I don't think they're better apart. I I might be one of the few who say this, but I feel like they play well together. I feel like they their duo is Yeah, so but yeah, yeah, I feel that. But you do you think it run has it run its course though? Like have you have oh, they no, reached I, their ceiling? I don't think it's run its course. Um have they I don't think they've disappointed fans by not making it to the finals, but I do feel like they they are missing something, but I don't think separating them would be the solution. I feel like just adding another piece to them yeah. would be what would help the team. If you separate them, I feel like they'll still do what they do individually. We, we all know what Dame Dollar can do 
and we know C.J. McCollum. He, I'm not sure if C.J. McCollum can be a number one guy, but he definitely good number can two. be a, a top yeah. notch number two. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like him as a number two way more than a number one. But um, because where where would he even go? Where would you put C.J. McCollum? Because the Portland would keep Dame Dollar. Like I said, I didn't think I didn't think about the fits for CJ. I was just thinking about the concept of him of them being separated, because the, both of their playing styles are pretty redundant. You know what I'm saying? They both really don't play defense. They're both big playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. So, well, I feel like they reached their their peak. The conference finals. I was surprised they reached the conference finals last year. So I think that's the highest they're going to get. And this year, coming out to this slow start. Whiteside is a problem, or he had a good game last night, but I feel like he's a he's an issue. Uh, injuries have been an issue. I think they need to shake something up. I don't think just going in with the same team every year is going to do it. So I think shaking things up could lead to something. You could get a haul back for a C.J. McCollum. Who knows? Maybe he's looking that's, forward that's in true. the future. I, I agree. If, if they do what Charles is saying and try to shake things up and separate them, I feel like it, it'll hurt them more than help. But individually speaking, for each player, it might help them grow in a sense of okay, we we gotta. In Dame's mind, it's like okay, I gotta be better than I ever been now that I don't have my ace next to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And for CJ, it's like I get to start somewhere fresh, and I have a chance to be have a bigger name for myself than what I do right now on next to Dame, you know. So I feel like individually, it can help each player, but. Uh, just for the just for the trailblazer sense, I don't think it'll be a good work. Mm. I don't, I'm just thinking about fits right now. I really I really can't think of one. But it's not Me the fact either, that's, that's why I don't yeah. see how it'll But work. I don't think yeah, I don't think that should be a cause to pause for them not to make a trade cuz I feel like I'm just not thinking of the right teams, but it's somebody out there that he can he can be a right fit for. I, Maybe I would have said um nah, never mind. That was stupid. I was gonna say maybe Atlanta, but nah. I, I like it. I mean, um, Could, can you picture him with Trey Young? Trey Young, is I, I can't, cause cause Trey's so ball dominant, man. Yeah. He takes up, he pounds the ball the whole time, man. You know what I'm saying? He's so much of the offense, and That's you can say you can say that about Dame, but Dame actually gives it up to CJ. You know what I'm saying? And he lets CJ run the point at time, and I like how uh, Terry Stotts um, staggers their minutes as well. So he has a good coach on his side as well. So maybe a Denver because I think he could be a good fit with them because I think they need somebody who can hit a shot down the stretch. But then they also have Jamal Murray. So uh, so currently I'm not – I obviously got to look at all the teams, but mm, currently I can't find a perfect fit for a CJ. But I think it is time to shake some things up, man, because Portland just feels stale right now. And I, I don't think bringing in a Kevin Love would do it for him. I really don't. Maybe a Nurkic coming back because I think a lot of people forgot Nurkic still got to come back from that broken leg last year. But even when he comes back, he's not going to be the same because obviously he's coming from a broken leg. So he has to have time to recover from that injury. So it's it's going to take time for this Portland team to be where it was last year. And I think shaking some things up could be could be promising. Who knows? Um, next, I wanted to move on to James Harden. I feel like we talk about Harden every podcast, but he's doing... 50 pieces. He's giving us 50 pieces, 60 pieces every week, man. So we got to talk about him. This week he dropped a 54 and he dropped 55. It was against bad teams. It was against Cleveland and Orlando. But I feel like, man, he's on the rise, man. Is he on the rise for the MVP? 
I think he is, man. Oh yeah, de- definitely. He's he's always in the conversation. No, I ain't talking about in the conversation. I'm talking about on the rise. I'm oh, talking about like on the rise, top two. That's what I mean by on the rise, top two. Top two. You don't normalize it. Don't normalize his stats. Edgar. Don't normalize what he's doing. I'm not because I'm about to hit you with a question in a minute. Don't, I don't see. I just don't see him being top two. Could he be the number three option? Yes. But top two for MVP, no, because the top two people for me right now for MVP are LeBron and Luka. Those are my one and two picks for the MVP right now. Harden would would definitely be a number three pick just because the historical numbers he's putting up and the fact that he's just playing so amazing offensively that no matter if you like the way he plays or not, the way he's just scoring the ball and is getting to the free throw line and is making these players – have to double and triple team him, and it even it doesn't even work. Exactly, it's impossible, it's impossible to not put him in the conversation. You just you just hit I it on the head, bro. Number one or two, yeah, I just can't. You just hit it on the head, bro. His impact on the game. Just think of the Rockets, bro, without James Harden. It's just Westbrook and some what? Some just some shooters, really, and some shooters that's not really that consistent. They're pretty old. Gordon has been hurt. P.J. Tucker, you know what I'm saying? He gives it to you on the defensive end. You know what I'm saying? They got some replaceable pieces in a Ben McLemore and a Daniel House. It's like, what are the Rockets, the Rockets without James Harden? They're really nothing. They're this, nothing. This He's is, too this valuable for this team. For, this is my reason for Luka being one of the top two picks. For, for, for oh, we're going to get to Luka in a minute. But I just want to stay on James real quick, man. And I also wanted to ask you, after MJ... Because I know we always got to give our praise to MJ. And this has been in the talks. So James Harden, man, he's giving us 50s every week. Is he second greatest offensive player of all time after MJ? Maybe first? Would you give it up to him like that? No. I feel like I, I just can't disrespect Kobe like that. I just can't. Because even though we've never really seen anything like Harden right now, it's just... The, the way I, I feel like Michael Jordan is always just going to have that number one spot. But for that number two spot for the most amazing score we've seen, I would have to give it. I would give it to Kobe, honestly, just because of the the phrase in itself, Mamba mentality. The fact that the way he played the game was just so ferocious and he was. A but that doesn't make killer. you a great scorer of all time just because you're a mentality that doesn't make you the greatest scorer of all time. That's what I'm but, saying. Oh, pure scoring alone. I don't. I don't care about your mentality. None of that. I'm just mean you strictly scoring, getting a bucket when I need a bucket, or getting a bucket. Period. I ain't talking about clutch. I'm just talking about getting a bucket. Is James Harden number two behind Jordan? No, I, I can't make him number two, mm. and that's just because of how terrible his shooting percentage is a lot of times. You comparing him to Kobe though? Hold no, on now, Edgar. Hold I'm on saying, now. Kobe, Kobe didn't take. As many shots as we're seeing Harden take, I, I refuse. Oh I refuse like, I man, to say that. No, you gotta you I gotta look back at Kobe jump, man. He scored eighty one in the game. You don't think he was taking shots? But this is what I'm saying. They, this is what I'm saying. I feel like Kobe takes way smarter shots. If he's hot, he's, oh. gonna, he's gonna shoot the way he shoots, and he, he takes smarter shots than James Harden does a lot of times. Plus, James Harden's getting to the free. James Harden gets to the free throw line. 
at least 20-something times. And what's wrong with that? That's scoring. And, bro, I hate why people try to use that. I'm not saying you're saying this, but I'm just saying I hate how people try to use that against him. Just because the man uses the rules to his advantage, does that shouldn't take away from anything that he does. Because he uses the rules to his advantage. Score a lot of times the a lot of the plays that James Harden does when he scores, I promise you he gets just as surprised as everybody else. Because a lot of times he's looking for the foul. He's looking for you because he to works be on in that landing spot. So that way, even if he misses it. He's gonna get the three points yes. regardless. That's what I'm saying. Using the using the rules to your advantage. If he knows the refs are gonna look at that, obviously you use that. I'm surprised more people aren't doing that. Because just because he just mess up the game, bro. It would just mess up the game if every time somebody shoots, they're not really trying to make the shot. They're trying to get the foul. He does try to make the shot, but just try because you try to get an and one doesn't mean anything. He's just using the rules to his advantage. Is what I'm saying, and that shouldn't take away from his game. I just, I can't put him in the number two. I can't. Because, bro, I feel you when you, I'm not talking about who's the better player between Hard and Kobe. Because I would give it up to Kobe for the best or the better player. But as just scoring alone, because I think Kobe gave it to you way more, way, way more on the defensive end of the ball. So just player alone is obviously Kobe. But scoring the basketball with all the free throws, getting the fouls called. And, and obviously they played in a kind of like two different eras as well. But still... You got to take all that into account, man. And what he's doing, man, is something we really haven't seen since that early or mid-Kobe 2000 run, man. We haven't seen it. And I think he's doing it way more officially than a Kobe back then because he's getting the free throws. And like I said, that shouldn't take away from him. All that is points and all that is scoring, man. And he gives it to you every way. What you want from the mid-range, what you want a step back three, what you want a floater. And he also passes. I think, man, we just taking this man too much for granted, man. I know I say this on this, on this podcast every time, but we just take everything he does for granted, I feel like, man. We see a 50-point we we performance out of him, and we just blink at it like that's nothing special. Like, man, that's crazy. Like I said, that's something Kobe in the mid-2000s was doing. And we haven't seen it since then. So I think that's something we got to give it up to, bro. We just can't stop blinking at it and acting like this is not historic. I just, I can't, it is historical, like, whether you like the way he do it or not, it is historical, but I just can't respect that over half of your points sometimes come off of the free throw line, like, I, I just can't respect that, like, the the way the game is being played by him, it's, if everyone else did it, I honestly probably wouldn't watch basketball, because it's not like you're, you're just not trying to be a dominant scorer you're just trying to get the point no matter how you need to get the point whether it's just by flopping or by just purposely trying to jump into defenders to get to the free throw line and just hoping that sometimes your shot goes in I I just I can't give that the number one or two spot when it comes to all-time scorers like I would have to keep it at Kobe and MJ um for the top two spots man 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 I just, uh, Harden, Harden. Yeah, man, I got Harden at number two. I'm, I'm going to give it up to Harden, man. Because I know a lot of people take shots at him getting all the fouls and all that, man. But he gets fouled most of the time, bro. Every time he goes to the free throw line, he's really getting fouled. And this NBA, when you slap my arm, when you slap my wrist, it's a foul call. And, and he's getting and fouled. the fact that he just, he can't get, he can't finish the job and get to the finals. 
I'm not asking you, you that. See, that's what I'm talking about by player. I'm just talking about scoring alone, bro. Scoring alone, just getting okay, me a bucket. Okay, but the way the way he's scoring is not efficient enough because at the end of the day, you still have yet to make it to the finals with this style of play that you have. Mm, I don't think that's. I don't think that's a fair critique, man. I, I feel like it's a very fair critique. Mm. So you would. I mean, a lot of people didn't make it to the finals, and their styles were fine. Uh, Charles Barkley never made it to the finals, but we still call him one of the greatest scorers or one of the greatest players of all time. No, but his his style of play wasn't, like, game-changing. Like, this is like a game-changing style of play, and it's not game-changing in a good way. Mm. I don't know, man. I love me some Harden, bro. I love me some Harden. I, 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 res- I respect him. I, I really do respect Harden as one of the greatest scorers ever. It's just I can't give him the top spot or even the number two spot. Three through five, you can definitely put him somewhere in there. Mm. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one, my brother. But let's move on to the Lakers and the Bucks. Obviously, we know these are the top two teams in their respective conferences. Uh, I think both of them only have three losses on the season. The Lakers just beat the Heat uh, this pa- uh, just uh, last night. The Bucks beat uh, uh who they played? Who they played? They just beat Memphis. So the question remains: Who's the best team in the league? And are these the teams we're gonna see in the finals? I feel like the Lakers are the best team right now between them and the Bucks. I feel like it's uh, it's not even really close just because of the fact that first off it's LeBron and AD. And that duo alone, I feel, is the best duo in the NBA right now. And the way that the Lakers are just on such a road stretch right now, I think they're still undefeated on the road since they just beat Miami at home and gave Miami their first home loss of the season. You know, I feel like just hey. stretch oh, yeah. on. Yeah, let me shout out to my Heat real quick, bro. Hey, that was a good fight y'all put up, man. We didn't have Dragic. We didn't have Winslow, bro. And we was down we was down the stretch with them boys. So I want to give a huge shout out to them boys, man. Jimmy, you know what I'm saying? Robinson, Hero. They did their thing, man. Kendrick Nunn. So I just want to give a shout out to my Heat because they held their own, man. I, did, I thought it was going to be a little like a 10-point loss. And they held it close to the end. So I want to give a big shout out to them. I didn't think they were going to keep yeah. it close like that. Yeah, shout, shout out to the Heat because we're, we're doing something really special right now. Yeah. And a lot of analysts and everybody else is really starting to notice Stephen A. Smith yeah, himself. Yeah, bro. They want to jump yes. on. Uh, yeah. See, Stephen A. Smith himself has said, I, I haven't been this excited to watch the Heat since LeBron left. So the fact that people are starting to notice us again. And it may have taken them longer than actual fans, but the fact that people are noticing nonetheless, it, it's just really special to see. And I feel like it, it really can be a team that will surprise everybody in the end. But it's fine. going back to the Lakers and the Bucks, uh, as I was saying, just the stretch that the Lakers are on, the, the better players that they have, I just feel like, and the fact that they're in the West, I just feel like it's a, it's a no-brainer that they're the better team between the two. And I could definitely picture the Lakers being the team in the finals from the West, but I it's not it, the Bucks aren't my first choice to make it to the finals out of the East. Even with them playing this well? Yeah. Mm. So who you got right now? Coming out of the East, I still feel like Philly would be the, mm. the number one choice. And I and I would agree with that. I don't know, man. It's something about Philly and the Celtics that really 
that really scares me with Philly. Because I feel like Philly matches up so well with the Bucks, And I think Philly would beat the Bucks in a series. But the Celtics give Philly so many problems during the playoffs or just playing them, period, man. And I don't know what's wrong with Ben Simmons when he plays against, uh, what I just said, the Celtics. But, man, they shut him down. When they have people that's the same size as him, that can do the same things he can do, because he was being guarded by uh, Jalen Brown and Tatum on when, when they played Tuesday night. He had five points, four rebounds, five assists. They locked that man down. So every time he plays the Celtics, he does those type of performances. So if they want to go far, they have to go through the Celtics. And Ben Simmons has to step up his game, bro. Has to. Joel Embiid did his thing against the Celtics. But if they want to beat the Celtics in the playoffs run or something like that, nah, bro, he got to come with it. Ben Simmons got to come with it, bro. But going back to this Lakers and Bucks conversation, um, I would say the Lakers right now, for the same reasons, the best duo in the league, best player in the league. So... All right, with that reason. Uh, the Bucks definitely showing me a lot of good things, but it's the same thing they showed me last year, and they still got clapped in the playoffs. But it's no Kawhi, and Kawhi was the only player to stop them during the playoffs last season. But like I said, I think that, that 76ers and Bucks series, man, would be a, a seven-game series to the end. And I would give the edge to the 76ers, man. I really would. But I, I don't even like the Lakers out of the West, honestly. But I just think right now, playing right now, the best team in the league is the Lakers, man, because they, they own one. They definitely own one. LeBron is definitely on a mission. AD doing his thing as well. So that would definitely be my team. Um, Riding out with the next topic, we got the Dallas Mavs. They are currently third in the West, and this surprised me. I, I, I looked at the standards today, and they're 17-7, third in the West. That, that, that really shocked me. And it made me realize Luka's the MVP, man. Luka is really the MVP, man. I know you're going to say Bron and all that other junk. But when we talk about most valuable, where a team would be without their best player, man, the Dallas Dallas would be a lottery team, a bottom three team without Luka. If they just had Porzingis and whatever they got around Luka right now, Luka is the MVP. These are, these are definite facts. Right? I'm, gonna put, I'm changing my rankings in the MVP discussion. I have Luka number one. I have James Harden number two. And I have Braun number three. And that's what I'm riding out with. And I got Giannis at four. Take it for what you want. But, yep, I'm riding with Luka, man. I'm riding with Luka. Luka doing his thing. So how you been yeah, feeling about Luka? I, I agree. Like, nobody, especially neither of us two, I don't think we even – did we have the Mavericks earlier? No, nah, I ain't even had them in the playoffs. No. Nah. Yeah, I, I, if I did, it was probably like the eighth seed, if that. Yeah. But I don't think either one of us even originally had them in our playoff predictions. So the fact that they're this high up in the in the rankings right now in the West, this is just really special to see. And Luca could really, like, he could pull a miracle if they continue clicking the way they are and just lighting people up the way they are. I feel like he could be um a deep threat, a deep playoff threat. And he, he could just really shake up the um, West this season. And he also is my number one option right now for MVP. Yeah. LeBron would be number two. Uh, James Harden would be number three. And I would agree that – actually, I would put Anthony Davis at number all four. All right, all right. You're, going, you're getting a little too crazy now, man. Nah, Giannis, I would, I Giannis, put AD over Giannis. 
It's crazy. Giannis will be five. It's crazy because I agree that. Ooh, who you got over AD and Giannis? Uh, Luca one. LeBron. No, I'm talking about like as a player. As a player, who would you pick? AD or Giannis? AD and Giannis. Yeah. Just for health reasons, I would pick um, Giannis. Mm. But based off of the numbers, they're both putting up spectacular numbers this season. But just for the fact that AD is just doing so well now and being able to win while doing it and being able to carry the team whenever LeBron just wants to sit down now with his age and everything, I feel like Anthony Davis would be a, a better pick for MVP over Giannis. Well, I just meant player. I just that's what I meant. But I um player player wise, Giannis is my choice right now for better player. If mm, I had to that's just a tough for, one, man. Just for the sake of durability. Oh, okay. So that's what you put you factoring that in. Mm. That's a that's a tough one, man. AD or Giannis? Because I know a lot of people would say, "Oh, AD had his own team and he didn't get his team in the playoffs." Yada yada yada. But the way the Bucks are fitting everything around Giannis so perfectly, it's like a whole. It's like two different tiers of organizations, bro. The Pelicans put nothing around Anthony Davis, and the Bucks put everything around Giannis to do what he's doing now. So it's like, how can I compare? And seeing a, uh, AD in this position where he's in a winning environment, it's like, hmm, this is so tough. I probably would go with AD, man. And, oh, that's so tough, bro. I probably would go with AD. Just off the strength of I love AD, man. And I don't know, man. I just, I'm just not a true believer in Giannis yet. Still, he, after the MVP, I'm not that big on Giannis, man. Because I feel like he can still be stopped. I know that everybody wants to say, oh, Giannis is unstoppable, yada, yada, yada. I see him be stopped. That man, Kawhi, has shut him down. And I feel like LeBron will shut him down as well. Or if you put AD on him, AD would slow him down. Let me not say stop, but slow him down. So that's what I'm saying. I still like he, if he can still be stopped. I feel like AD cannot be stopped. He's just too dominant, man. He's too dominant. He really is. So I, I would just go with AD, man. But Luka is my MVP right now. But realistically, do I think the media would give it to Luka? Uh. I feel like they definitely would. I don't know, bro, because they, they, they really want to give it to Bron, though. If we keep it in the bean, they really want to give it to Bron. Yeah, I, I know they would. They want to give it to LeBron, yeah. but if it's just undisputably obvious that Luka is possibly going to give the Mavericks a top five seed in the playoffs, it, it's impossible to not give it to him. Mm, that's true. That's what I mean. If we're going by the true definition, bro, of most valuable, and I know they usually don't. They usually go with best player, best team. But if we use, if we go by the words most valuable, they would. The Dallas Mavericks would be a bottom three team without him, bro. Truly. And like Edgar said, we didn't even project them to make the playoffs. So for them to be the third seed in the West right now is crazy. And he just put up a 40-point triple-double against the Pistons last night, man. So he's doing it every night. He's doing it. He's giving it to you every night, man. So I, I would definitely. Huge, another huge factor I have on why Luka is number one and Braun is number two, the ages. Luka is 20 years old carrying this Mavericks team. Mm. Similar to how we've seen LeBron yeah. carry Cleveland yeah. early yeah. in his career. Yeah. And to LeBron, 
at the end of this month, he's going to be 35 years old. Mm-hmm. This man is 35 years old, and he's in the top three candidate conversation for MVP still in his 17th season. That is just a, a huge reason and a huge factor on why I have him number two for the MVP um, discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said, man. So, um, I've been hearing, obviously, like Eric said earlier in the podcast, the Heat have been getting a little bit of buzz. You know what I'm saying? They just The media is finally starting to catch on. The Heat are good. You know what I'm saying? It's about time. But now everybody's starting to say, oh, Jimmy the best, second best player in the conference behind Giannis. Da-da-da-da-da. So, Edgar, would you put him up there in front of uh, Embiid or uh, Ben Simmons? Is, is Jimmy is Jimmy Buckets number two in the East? No, he would be number three for me right now. Mm. And that's just because Joel Embiid is a beast. I know he has his off nights, and I know we kind of criticize him on like how hard we may think he plays sometimes, but if we're talking about like just natural talent and who is the better player, you would have to say Joel Embiid because his size, his strength, his length, like just the way he can spread the floor defensively and offensively, like I just I would have to make him the number two best player in the East. And Jimmy Butler would definitely be number three right now based on how he was just able to go to the Heat and automatically just elevate that team to where they are now. So Giannis would be one, Embiid uh, would be two, and Jimmy would be three. Yeah. And Jimmy would definitely be number five. He would be in my top five for MVP. I know that we don't really go that deep into the MVP discussion, but Jimmy probably would be top five, man, for what he's done for this Heat team. But Jimmy, I feel like Jimmy is the number, the second best player in the East. Just off what you said earlier, man, he brings it every night. And Joel and B, you don't know what you're getting. Sometimes you're gonna get the somber and B, where you get a a little 19 piece, and you don't feel like he gave you it all. And then the next game, he giving you 38. It's like, and B, why you can't give me 38 every night, man? These boys can't handle you in the post. Why you can't give me 40 every night? But I know what I'm getting from Jimmy on both sides of the ball. So I would ride with Jimmy, man. And I feel like you need a dominant wing to be to go far in the playoffs. You need a dominant wing. And I think that gives him a, a boost over an Embiid as well. I feel like Jimmy would really lead somebody to a championship if we had all the pieces around him. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he could be a lead dog on a team. So I would say Jimmy Buckets is number two in the East behind the Yonks. Um, moving on to Devontae Graham, man. Devontae Graham been doing his thing, man. And he's finally getting his recognition. I said it a few podcasts ago, man. I said Deontay, uh, Devontae Graham was the most improved player. Now, three weeks later, everybody's starting to catch on. You know what I'm saying? But he done dropped a couple 40 pieces. You know what I'm saying? He putting up 30 and 10s. So what have you been seeing at Devontae Graham, uh, just like you said, he can definitely make an argument from um, most improved player. I don't think he would get it past Galciakum with most likely. Hold on now, now bro. Hold on now, bro. Don't, don't go back on your word like that, Edgar. You just told me three weeks ago, Pascal can't win it two years in a row. I know. I know. I know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, what I give it to him, no. But realistically, they would give it to a Pascal Siakam. So that's why I'm saying that. I personally would not give the same person 
most improved player two years in a row. I wouldn't do that. The NBA, however, that's a whole different story. So I have to be realistic when I say that. So I I am going back on my word a little bit, but at the same time, I'm not because it's not something I would do. But the front runner for most improved player right now would be Pascal Siakam, even though he won it already and don't need to win it again because now that's the standard for you. Yeah. But – uh, I like what I see from Devontae Ground, the, the increase in points that he's had, rebounds, assists, like just all around right now. He's just shown such a a huge leap in his game. And he's not even playing the uh, same he's, – he's playing way more minutes now too. You know, mm. so the fact that they trust him on the court, court more now and the fact that he's really a true leader for that team and able to drop 40 pieces here and there or high 30 pieces, like it's, it's really – it's amazing to watch right now. I know he's yeah. in Charlotte, so people don't pay attention to Charlotte. Yeah, at they all. don't even really get the TV. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, man. And who's seen this coming? Devontae Graham was getting no minutes last year. Now he's starting for, obviously, it's Charlotte. But still, he's starting putting up 30 and 10s on solid teams. He's playing Brooklyn. He's playing the Pistons. He's giving these dudes buckets, man. And this led me to a question I started having of, if the four-year player is better than the 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 what they call him, the one-year standout, I forgot what they call him. The one and done. The one and done. Damn, I couldn't think of that. The one and done. I was like, is the four years better, man? Cause they they feel just way more ready for the league, man. And you obviously have to wait for the one and dones to mature into their bodies, mature their games. But when you get a uh, somebody who's been in the college system for four years, he knows the game. He knows how to run the pick and roll. He knows the ins and outs of everything. Like, their impact is way much, way quicker. So is it are the four years going to swing back to be the more popular route, or are they going to stick with the one and dones? I feel like they won't get, they won't get rid of the one and done thing. Like, I don't think that'll ever be something that just goes away. I think that's a couple years. They said the high schools, that's 2021? They said 2021 uh, high schoolers get to get back in? Yeah, so mm. I don't feel like it'll go away at all. But more people are starting to stay in college a little bit longer, even if it's not the full four years, just staying two to three years yeah. as opposed to just one. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, um, it's, it's starting to come back, and I like to see that. Yeah. Because yeah. Not, not everybody – no matter how good you play in college sometimes, not everybody should just be a one and done. Mm, you know? For sure. I, I get it sure. that it's a quicker way for you to get money, and we, we don't know a lot of these kids' backgrounds. We don't know a lot mm-hmm. of these kids' families. They may see they may see an opportunity to start getting paid real money, and they'll just take it. They'll yep. be like, hey, I, if I have a chance to go to the league and start making hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of dollars in the next year or two, I'm going to do that instead of just being in college for another two, three years, you know? So I I feel like um, players nowadays, though, they see the longevity in their game if they decide to stay in college just a year or two longer. So I feel like the the longevity is definitely soaked into a lot of their minds, and Mm. I like to see that. Yeah, because it just helps with your impact, man. As much as a way quicker immediate or way uh just immediate impact in general man so i feel like if you like i said not even for the four years if you just stay two years then that one year when you're you had a so-so season or whatever but you want to come out you know what i'm saying just because the league is giving you an opportunity 
I don't think that's the best route for you. You know what I'm saying? But if you stay that two to three years, man, season your game, harden your game, you're the the immediate impact is going to translate to the NBA, man. You're going to harness your game because when you come out after one year, after one year, you really don't know who you are still. You know what I'm saying? What is your NBA skill? You truly don't know. You're going into the when, NBA not knowing. When you come out, when you come out after one year, you have no option but to show out. You, yeah. That's your only option: show out or just don't don't play and don't see the court. Yeah. You know, but because not like I said again. Not everybody is able to just do the one and done exactly. and be a phenomenon in the NBA that following season. Like and a lot of one and dones end up either just on the uh, coming off the bench or just True. don't even get the suit yeah, up. That's, and that's what I mean by that. And that's what I mean by that, man. Because a lot of these people, we forget about them because we just look at the the higher drafted people. But if you look at first rounders or one and dones in general who were first-rounders, a lot of them are on the bench. Like, Jared Culver, he, I think he starts a couple of games uh, this season, but he comes off the bench mostly. Like, a lot of these people come off the bench. Obviously not the Zions, the Jaws, the the R.J. Barrett's, but a lot of these people that, are, that were one and done are really, you know what I'm saying, taking this, taking a seat on the bench. And I feel like if you just take another year, harden your game, look at Devontae Graham or Buddy Hill with somebody who stayed for He's producing in Sacramento, just got his payday. So I feel like it's just it's a better translation, bro, to the NBA if you just stayed that one year, man, or that couple of years. I think it's a way better process, especially living in this generation, bro, where people are so quick to label you a bust and stuff like that. Like, look what we were doing with uh, Brandon Ingram. He wasn't producing in L.A. We were so quick. Oh, Brandon Ingram ain't doing it. Da, 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 da. He ain't doing this. Oh, same, same thing with D'Angelo Russell. We were so quick to label people, man. And if you just maybe if you stayed that year, your immediate your impact would be so so much quicker. So I don't know, man. That's just what I thought when I thought of Devontae Graham, man. Maybe maybe the pendulum was swaying back in the way of the four year player. So hopefully, man. I, I hope it does. Yeah. Because at, at the same time, I do want the the obvious the obvious few like that's what I'm saying Zion, the obvious like the Zions to come like out that. yeah I, I do want to be able yeah. to see people like that do one and done yeah or if they can come straight out of high school like if mm. you just can see the generational talent like that sometimes that's great for special cases but giving everybody the opportunity to just do it because it's like hey I've, I've been doing good this one year in high school and this one year in high school might be the year that I could just go to the league. Like, and you, you're not even somebody that's, like, frequently talked about, you know. Like, mm-hmm. it might not be the best option sometimes because not everybody is a phenomenon. Not everybody is going to have that Zion impact, you know. Mm-hmm. That's true. But I, at the end of the day, I do want to see young players get paid. I, I do want to see young yeah. players have the chance. Yeah, that to has to be a step. Yeah, that, that so, has to be a step. Something has to change in the in the NCAA, but I feel like it would be better for the NCAA as well because rivalries pick up when that happens. When you see exactly. people after year after year, you know what I'm saying? Like the UNC and the Duke rivalry isn't the same anymore. It's obviously Duke because the schools are hated rivals, but the the matchups aren't the same. You know what I'm saying? The Jay Williams and the JJ Reddicks aren't there anymore. We don't remember the names because everybody's in one year out the next. So it's like, meh. you know what I'm saying? We don't it's look like at college basketball the same. The roster. Every yeah, year, almost. definitely, man. Especially for Duke this year, man. Got to re, yeah, yeah, relearn the whole team, man. But uh, next, I wanted to go into 
East All-Star Predictions. So I said last week I predicted that Bam was going to be a, uh, what I said, was going to be an All-Star. He put up a 30-point triple-double, and I think he's putting his name in the All-Star category, man. So I just wanted to go through the East teams real quick and see who would be All-Stars coming out of the East uh, quarterway through the season. So let me see, let me see, man. You got the teams up? Yeah. All right, man. So I would obviously it's Giannis. So it's twelve. So name them off. It's Giannis one. Giannis. Ben uh, Simmons. Uh, what did you say? I said Ben Simmons and B. Giannis, Ben Simmons, and B. That's three. Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Yep. Uh. I think Bam. I think Bam getting. I think Bam gonna get one. I really think Bam gonna get one. You think, you think two players from the Heat gonna get? I it? think two. If they keep playing like this, if they stay top three, I think two people gonna get. I think Bam gonna get in there, man. I'm not because because we because we gonna we gonna go through the teams, bro. You gonna see, but um, I'm, I'm not gonna count two Heat players just yet because okay. we already have four. Okay, go through the Celtics. The Celtics got Kimba. Yeah, Kimba. And. Oh, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you questioning, uh, you questioning them right now. Hold on, I'm, I'm about to look up Tatum's stats real quick. I mean, what, what Tatum doing? I don't know. I mean, what Tatum been doing? Hold on, hold on. Let me look up Tatum's stats. Oh, he putting up twenty and seven, so he probably would doing that. You know, get up in there. But I think Brown has been playing better this season than a Tatum. Let me look up Jalen Brown. Mm. And Brad. Oh, they putting up basically the same stats. So they might get three in. Nah. Mm. Nah. Nah. Bro, I'm telling you, once you go through all the teams, you're going to be like, damn, it's nobody to pick from. You're going to run back to niggas like that. But still, I just feel like that's like when the Warriors had three or four people get in. It was just undeniable that you had to put three or four of them in. But I don't think it's like that with the Celtics. I feel like you can make a case on why not to put three of them in. Okay, so you still got B Bill. So what that is, so so we got Giannis, Ben, Joe and B, Butler, uh Bill, that's five. Um Kimba. Kimba is six. You got Pascal is seven. seven. You got uh, uh Kyrie. Well, Kyrie barely played this year. Yeah, Hold on. Yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie barely played. Uh, I honestly if you've been looking at the paces, man, Sabonis has been balling out, man. Sabonis has, has been getting off. So, Sabonis, I would throw Sabonis in there to be real with you. Sabonis. I would throw um, Sabonis in there. What are they, seven? Oh, Trey. Yeah, oh, Trey. No, no, it's eight. We at eight. Eight. Oh, so Trey, nine. Trey. Um, Ooh. Uh, That's what I'm saying, bro. We at nine and we questioning. We at nine. Oh, Spencer Dinwiddie? Maybe. I don't know. See, we at nine, and I don't know. You might have to go back to a bam. I will D go Rose? back to a bam. D Rose, because <laughs> I don't think any, is anybody from the Pistons getting in there. I don't know. A drumming, a drumming. <laughs> I think maybe a drumming. A drumming might make ten. Um. Mm. Are you gonna give it to Levine? Uh, you got Levine, Dinwiddie, you still got Brogdon. Like I said, you got Tatum, you got Brown. Uh, and we at 10 right now. 
So who you give it up to? Uh, this is hard. Uh, That's what I'm saying, bro. I'm <laughs> telling you. I'm telling you, Bam, Bam, and it's probably gonna be Bam and uh and Tatum, man. Yeah, Bam. Yeah, dang, Bam and Tatum just might make it. Unless you think Levine gonna get in there. Nah, I like Bam over Levine. You like? Oh, what about who we just said? Oh, you like Levine? Oh, no, no, I like Tatum over Levine, obviously. Mm, but that probably would be the 12. But that's what I'm saying, bro. When you get the 9, yeah. once you get the 9, bro, you, you start questioning, like, who's after that? Like, bro, that's what I'm saying. Like, if three Celtics might get in there. They might let a Brown get in there. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're going to get a Levine in there. Blake Griffin has been playing like an all-star. Nobody on Charlotte is going to make the all-star team. I don't think anybody's on the Magic. I don't see anybody on the Magic. Uh, The Nets, Dinwiddie. Then what he had been hooping, Brogdon maybe. I don't think anybody else from the Raptors would make it. Ah, this is so shaky. This is way more shaky than yeah. I was. Yeah, bro. <laughs> that junk crazy, bro. That junk crazy. After you get the nine, I feel like it's nine, like or like eight or nine locks. But after yeah, that, eight or nine like, locks for sure. But that other three or four, ooh, it's it's up in the air at that point. Yeah, bro. But that's I just wanted to get over there. But that's our all-star predictions a quarter way through the season. And also, I wanted to give a huge shout-out to D-Rose. Edgar brought up D-Rose earlier. But, man, D-Rose had a game winner. And every time D-Rose does a thing, we got to show love, man. We always going to remember the old MVP D-Rose. But we love to see him do it in the present time. Hit a game winner against the Pelicans, I want to say. He dropped 17 in the fourth quarter. He was doing his thing. Getting off, hit a game winner over Drew Holiday, two one of the best on ball defenders, man. So D Rose got off, man. I love to see it. Love to see it. Back are on. they um are they doing the All Star game this year like how they did last year where they chose team captains? Yeah, and had the captains pick. Yeah, if they're doing it like that this year, it's really gonna be hard to figure out who those other three to four people are gonna be because. It's just gonna it's gonna be like backyard basketball almost. Yeah. So it's it's basically gonna be who the captain wants, not necessarily who might deserve to be. What you mean? I feel like ah, because it's know. still it's still twelve uh players per conference, but you just pick after that. I know, but I just uh I don't know how to explain it. It's like. It's like when LeBron, who who else was the captain last year? It was LeBron. I think it was Giannis, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, I, okay. th- I think yeah. it was Giannis. Yeah. And not only were they picking people they felt deserved to be in it, but they were also picking people who they just wanted. In oh the yeah, game. like he was picking his teammate Middleton. He had picked Middleton like this first pick. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh okay. That, what that's saying. what I mean. It's like because what if we think, what if we think Bam should be that third or fourth person that gets in, but. They don't pick him just because they want to pick somebody else, not necessarily because he deserves to get in. You know what I'm saying? So, but he's still gonna be on a team though. But I don't know who's gonna pick him. But like I yeah. said, it's still 12 per conference though. But they just gonna have to pick from that pool who they want. So, cause like what uh, he did or Giannis did, he had picked uh, Middleton first out of the reserves, and I think Brian probably would pick AD first if it would come to that again. And I don't think they're going to have the same captains this year. So I feel like it's going to be different captains here. I don't think it's going to be LeBron and Giannis again, even though I think they're probably going to be the top vote-getters. I think they're going to switch it up. So we're going to see who that is. 
Um, next, want to move on to college basketball. There were a couple upsets on Monday night. We had Louisville going down to Texas Tech. We had Maryland going down to Penn State. I don't know what's going on in college basketball, bro. I don't know who is the best team. It's just a whole lot of ruckus going on at the top. This is the fourth number one team. Louisville is the fourth number one team to lose um, currently. And it's only been, what, a couple months? Or not even a couple months. It's been a month. I was about to say, it's only been one month. It's only been a month <laughs> since they've been playing, and four number ones have already gone down, bro. And that, that junk is crazy. I don't know who's good anymore, bro. The rankings really don't tell you anything. You really just have exactly. to watch You have to watch the basketball games to actually sue, see who you like. And I feel like, and I wanted to ask Edgar who he likes, but I want to get mine off first. I think Kansas, I probably will ride with Kansas as the number one team right now. That's just off what I've seen. Uh, with Udoka Azubuki being as dominant as he is. I love Devon Dotson's game. I like number 30 game. I'll be forgetting his name. Uh, I forgot his name, but, but I like number 30. I like um, Garrett. So there's a couple people on that team, bro. I actually I actually rock with for a couple of seasons. And those are the people I talk about, like, season. And Kansas really season their players, man. I think Azubuki, this is his fourth year. This is Dotson's second year. This is number 30, second year. This is Garrett's third year. So that team has experience, man. And that's something you always need going down the stretch, man, in the NCAA tournament. So I will ride with the Kansas as the number one team right now. Or the best team I've seen this season. Who you ride as the best team you've seen? I actually have two teams that I feel are my favorite teams to watch at the moment. Mm-hmm. And that would be Ohio State. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And not only because Ohio State is now, I think they're now the number one team in the nation since Louisville lost, but just the way Caleb Weston has been playing, like, he Mm. leads the team in points, rebounds, and steals. Like, he's just been amazing off the glass. He's been amazing defensively. And the fact that he's a junior, he he could um, try to go to the draft this year or he might stay. I'm not really sure which one he wants to do. But Caleb Weston is definitely leading Ohio State very well. I like what I'm seeing from them. I like the way uh, they're able to just offensively dominate the game and be able to create a strong presence defensively. So as a two-way, in in a two-way respect, they're doing very well in that regard. Mm -hmm. And for Michigan – I just love what Jawan Howard has done with them since becoming their coach this year. He, he became their coach earlier this year in May. And the fact that right off the bat right now, he's he's made this team very impressive. Uh, this is great to watch. I like the fact that Isaiah Livers and uh, John Tess, they're both doing great right now. They're the two main leaders on this team right now with Livers leading in points and Tess leading in rebounds, steals, and blocks. So, And these are seasoned players like how you said with Kansas. These are seasoned players mm. on Ohio State and Michigan. Like these are players who are juniors and seniors right now. So they they've been on the team long enough to understand the coaching, understand the chemistry. And even though Michigan has a new coach right now, just Jawan Howard's NBA experience with assistant coaching, like I feel like he's just brought something dynamic to the Wolverines. So uh Ohio State and Michigan are my two favorite teams to watch right now for college basketball. Yep, and I didn't put this question on the dock, man, but my biggest disappointment has obviously been my Gators. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. to say about I don't know what to say about them. I'm going to just move on to the upcoming games. I was excited games. for them before the um, season started, Yeah, right now it's like, ugh. Yeah, and shout out to Mount. Uh, 
his team, uh, his Butler Bulldogs had clapped up on my Gators on um what that was Saturday, Saturday evening. He was at the game, so shout out to Mount. Um, upcoming games for this weekend, we got number ten Oregon versus five Michigan. We got thirteen Memphis versus number nineteen Tennessee, and we got Gonzaga, who is number six versus fifteen Arizona. And um, and I and, like Gonzaga too. Let yeah, me say that. Gonzaga, 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 Gonzaga always got shooters. Like right and they got them big white boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they solid. They solid. So who you got out of these three games? These are the big games of Saturday. I like Michigan over Oregon. Uh, Tennessee could upset Memphis, but I, I like Memphis to get the win. So I'm yeah, going man. with Michigan over Oregon, Memphis over Tennessee, and I like Gonzaga over Arizona. So I don't see any upsets. But the Tennessee can post the biggest upset threat. I'm riding with Oregon. I'm riding with Oregon. I love me some Peyton Pritchard, so I'm gonna go with Oregon. Um, I'm gonna ride with Memphis over Tennessee, and ooh, I'm gonna ride with Gonzaga. I haven't seen enough of Arizona. I've seen a couple of games, but it wasn't enough. I think I seen one game last Saturday, and they actually lost. So I have to see a little bit more of Arizona. But what I've seen from Gonzaga, I would have Gonzaga over Arizona right now. I just like Killian Tilly and the shooters they got over there with Kispert and all them boys. So those are the teams. Oh, before we head out, man, I just want to give a huge shout-out to the culture icon, bro. Corey Sanders, man. He got back in the G League, man. He's back with the Lakeland Magic, back in his hometown. I just want to give a huge shout-out to him, bro. That man has had a huge, huge impact, bro, on just my life, bro, just keeping my positivity up, bro. When I used to be playing basketball back in high school, he was somebody I definitely looked up to, man. So, big shout-out to Corey Sanders, man. I know a lot of people be like, G League or whatever, man. Just that step, bro, from not really playing. He was overseas last year. Nah, he has a G League opportunity. So, I just want to give a huge hot shout-out uh, shout to the culture icon himself, man. All right, Edgar, now we're going to head out with predictions. What you got for me? Any basketball predictions? Uh, prediction, I feel like... Uh... I like James Harden to drop 60 over the weekend. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. Uh, bold prediction. I'm going with Spo winning coach of the year. And that, that's going to be mine. That's going to be mine for the week. Let, let me see if I think. I don't think Harden has dropped 60 yet this season, but I feel yeah, like he, he did. dropped it. He dropped it a couple weeks ago. He did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like. Um, the end of the month last month. So he'll, I feel like he'll drop his second 60-point game over this weekend. Yeah, like I said, spoke. Okay, before we head out, I want Edgar to hit y'all boys with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QEPodcast1. And you can follow us on Instagram at Q underscore and underscore E underscore podcast. And you can follow our Facebook page, Q and E Podcast. Yes, and you can follow me on Twitter at Q underscore Hicks3. You can follow Edgar on uh, Twitter at EdgarMartin97. Follow him on IG at EdgarMartinOfficial. We currently have a YouTube, so check us out on YouTube as well. I'm going to start uploading those, start giving you all some visuals for the podcast as well. So that's something that is new that's coming up. Like I said before, we're on all podcast players we're on apple music spotify wherever you listen to podcasts we are there and also send us some emails man if you have any questions any concerns man send us some emails at q a n d e podcast at gmail.com man we appreciate all y'all for listening to the podcast and we're out peace